It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Chris Manning here from Locked On Cavs. Coming up on today's show, Evan and I talk about Cavs-Wolves, which the Cavs won in round two between the two teams, and then look at some micro, smaller issues involved in the Cavs offense before finishing with a quick preview of the Clippers game because we have an Andre Drummond trade market preview for you on Wednesday as opposed to a traditional kind of preview show for that game. Uh, that's all coming up today on Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is also brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. to three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Drummond ran at him. Love this time up toward Drummond. And Drummond dunks. Oh, my. Up to a And, uh, Cleveland, this is for you. Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs here in WKYC. If you're watching a video form or wherever you're listening to podcasts, joining me as always is my co-host, Evan Demerl. Evan, what's up, buddy? Not a whole lot, man. It's been a while since we last talked. We may or may not have recorded an earlier episode. Check that out later this week. We talked about, um... Trading Andre Drummond, which would be a good time. But all things considered, not too bad. This is a good Cavs win. How are you? Doing good. This was a fun game. Very exhilarating. I think much more fun than the slog that was the Sunday loss to the Wolves. Way fewer post-ups. Um, slightly more three-pointers. Overall, a more fun experience. Um, if you if you watch the game, obviously, no. The Cavs won 100-98. Survived some late D'Angelo Russell threes and some... A little bit of shakiness there at the end to come through and win. But, Evan, this was a game without Andre Drummond. This was a game without um, Larry Nance, who had the wrist injury. Kevin Love is obviously still out. Matthew Dolabit Dove is still out. So, Jared Allen gets his first start. Uh, Torian Prince starts. The Cavs go a little more modern in that starting lineup. It was a, it was a visual palette cleanser is the way that I, I put it. Um, and Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and, and Jared Allen lead the way. Um, before we get into our normal awards, MVP stat of the night and play of the night, um, Evan, do you have uh, any any just general thoughts on this game? Well, Darius Garland also had a phenomenal game as well with his 11 assist outing. It's just clearly and clearly more so that having a player like Jared Allen playing alongside Garland makes him a more easier 
assist partner and playmaking partner for Garland and really accentuates the fact that he could be the lead point guard of the future for the Cavs. And it's nice to have someone who's a bit of a dynamic playmaker. Like Garland made some pretty snazzy passes throughout this game. Like we're going to talk about that, I'm sure, at length when we talk about play of the night. But no, Garland was great. And um, for those of you who are maybe checking us out because of Locked On Now, it's very clear the Cavs are better off without Andre Drummond on the floor. And also, I think it's clear, like you said, the Cavs went modern with Torian Prince at the four. I think the Cavs having a reliable shooter, probably a little bit more spacing with that Prince provides compared to Nance. Uh, makes Cleveland better as well. Like Larry's a very good player for Cleveland, but I think he's best suited as a jack of all trades master if not off the bench. And maybe walking back one of my prior stances, but that's just how where I'm at today. Yeah, I think it's very fair. Okay, so Evan, MVP, I'll let you go first. I think there are three candidates, two that I would say are kind oh. of above the rest. But uh, who, who's your MVP pick? I think there's three. I think because of how many points uh Colin Sexton scored he deserves to be included in this because I, th- I think he did help in a lot of ways even if I think there are two better candidates but who, who's your pick my pick is Jared Allen because he was phenomenal tonight he almost put up a 20-20 maybe it's because the Wolves have no interior presence without Carl Anthony Towns they don't have much to begin with um and maybe Ed Davis is just trying his best out there as well and Ed Davis is, Ed Davis is a solid enough player but I just think he is not really a threat and jd mcdaniels looked impressive too but jared allen just exposed minnesota the, similar to what andre drummond did he almost had a 22 20 game with 23 points 18 rebounds but the five blocks are the biggest thing for me like the rim protection was huge for the Cavs tonight they had 12 blocks total five from allen three from javel mcgee a couple from torian prince and i think one from either yeah from lamar stevens as well so this was an impressive defensive night for Cleveland, but it all started with Jared Allen manning the middle and protecting the paint, and he's just so dang good on the defensive side of the ball. And offensively, he's such a low-usage player that he just accentuates Cleveland so well. And if this is what the taste of what the franchise center looks like playing alongside some key franchise pieces in Isaac Okoro, Colin Sexton, and Darius Garland, sign me up twice, and I'm excited to see what kind of contract he gets because I'm sure it's going to feel like a steal once we see his production down the line. Yeah, he was quite good in this game. Um, I think overall just a very, very good player. My pick, obviously, is uh, Lamar Stevens. Just kidding, it's uh, Darius Garland. Uh, DG the PG, man. He was yeah. so good tonight. So Darius to me in this one was I, I think this might have been the best this might have been the most complete game we've seen him play. I thought he actually played pretty well for the most part on Sunday as well. Yeah. But Darius, um, I thought really just did some really, really solid work in this one. He comes out really hot. Um, seven I think what, seven and six in the first quarter. He has some really just pulls out some shot creation and shot making out of his bag in the fourth quarter that we don't always see from him. Um, this was just a really, really complete performance, and I, I felt there are there are obviously nights where, you know, Colin, I think the Nets game obviously kind of comes through as the big example, where Colin is setting the tempo of the game, and I, I think that there, there's probably going to be more nights than not that he's the guy doing that, but I think this was a game where it was clearly Darius. Darius was pulling the strings. Darius was the one making decisions late. Darius was the one kind of being the the lead guy on this team, and it was, I, I think, frankly, again, one of the best performances we've ever seen from uh, Darius Garland for him to come through and do what he did yep. rack up and have a 19 and 11 night uh, 9 of 18 from the field want to we'll have to I want to watch some of it back a little bit see how he handled um, some of the shooting I mean I really think even though this game was very good I think we are about like in the next month I think we're going to see a really 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 high level Darius Garland game where everything comes together and everything looks great and 
will be it'll be even better i think which i think we're on the verge of that as he kind of continues to to look more and more comfortable and a little healthier that shoulder doesn't look like it's bothering him quite as much as it was and look him and jared allen have already have some really nice chemistry um in, in the pick and roll like the spread pick and roll um works much better when it's those two versus like anyone with with dre and, and dre has his value i don't want this to, this shouldn't be a dre's bad podcast but or video but Allen, you as you said it accentuates and yeah. i think is a little like you don't have to post him up to kind of make kind of feed him in that way or you you can choose to not to and it's not going to matter and that that was a market difference okay so evan play of the night there's a lot i think you could go with um mine mine's going to be the last uh, little trickery shot that uh darius hit over Jaden mcdaniels it was a pretty I, shot so it was a good pick i i did not think he i i this play, I watched it, and I was like, take the pull-up. Like, this is where I'm like, this is where a dagger pull-up three will, it would be putting the proverbial foot on the neck of the Wolves. It would, it would be putting them down. Um, he doesn't do it, and I think he's still a little hesitant on the shot, and I think it ended up working out because he gets into the lane, and I thought he was about to get smothered, and he pulls up a little floater out of kind of just some really with some really tricky dribbling with some body manipulation, and he gets the shot off, and it goes in. And it was just damn impressive. And I, I don't I don't know if we've seen that kind of floater game from him. It's one of those things where the normal runner floater shot in the middle of the lane is a shot he needs to hit more of. We've talked about it a lot on this very show. This yeah, was he's like talked about hit. it too. Yep. And this was a shot that he has hit. This was like the harder version of that that he hit in crunch time. Just a really, really big play for him. That was a huge play for Darius. And I, I it was a pretty shot. And like we, you and I actually had a, quite a few plays. We're going back and forth. We Chris and I text each other during the games, just like, here's our thoughts, just kind of laying out, like, this is our play of the game, this is our MVP pick, this is our stat of the night. Kind of, we didn't really talk about stat of the night tonight, but either way. Um, no, this was a really good play, and mine actually as well as the Darius Garland play, but it's when he was running a pick and roll with JaVale McGee, and then he dumps off that quick pass, which it could have turned into a travel if Darius regained his footing because he was in the air, but he dumps it off to Lamar Stevens, and Lamar Stevens gets the bucket. Um, Lamar Stevens doesn't have a lot of these opportunities in Cleveland, but just to him to be a part of the highlight reel is pretty cool. But no, that was just a really, really, really good read and pass from Darius, and that's what I'm talking about where, like, those 11 dimes from him were huge, and it's something that you've noticed when Garland plays a lot with Andre Drummond is he has more potential assists than he does assists. Like, this was a night where the Cavs were converting a lot of Garland's passes, and you can show, like, okay, this kid can really read an NBA offense, and he can be a maestro and a facilitator as well. And he has some crafty passes in his bag, and just a little bit of a good feel for the game. Like, that's something I've always felt with him. And, Chris, we talked about this before. Like, we're waiting for Darius to have, like, his coming out game or, like, his big moment. And this is another big moment for him. Like you said, I think we're going to get another one of these games hopefully soon, depending on who the Cavs have some rough opponents coming up. Up, but there could be a chance that Darius has another big game soon. But no, this is what I'm talking about where I need to see Darius Garland seize the opportunity and take advantage of the moment. And that pass and that play just like really showed to me like, okay, th- this kid could be the point guard of the future for the Cavs for sure. Yeah, I just also think we should shout out any time Jared Allen like had a block shot or had that one particular lob where he like bent his arm like he was just oh, coming yeah. out of the sky. Like incredible. Yeah, that was sick. Jared Allen is a freakishly large human to begin with. The afro makes him even taller. And let's, everyone, let's get hashtag for Ohio trending every time Jared Allen gets a good big play because I really want that to be a movement. This will be our like thing. They, this will be our like sex land. The hashtag symbol. Well, I, you, you know, I, that's, it's like, A, it's like bro Ohio, but better because it's not Nick yeah. Swisher. And two, uh, drafting big men from getting big men from Texas is a good thing. It seems to be a good thing for the Cavs. Really does. Tristan Thompson, Miles Turner was my white whale for a while. Jared Allen's my other one. So it all works out in the end. But, Chris, what was your sad of the night pick? 
So, uh, shocker to no one, especially you, I'm going to go to cleaning the glass for most out of the night. It's all Uh, good, man. And I, uh, look, the Cavs, like, the offense overall, like, actually ends up not being, like, super, super productive. Like, the Wolves and the Cavs both kind of put a bad offensive things. But the Cavs had a free throw rate of 27.7, so they're basically just taking a lot of free throws. This is, like, in the 86th percentile of performances. That's, like, high high echelon and this this involved uh jared allen took 14 free throws um colin sexton took 11 free throws he made 10 his career high uh was 10 this season just a new season high and then his career high was 13 which he had as a rookie uh, which i did not expect frankly but uh they got a lot of free throws they made a lot of their free throws 23 of 31 torian prince um, made too late to kind of steal the game, and Jared Allen shot a pretty good clip for for not yeah. a great free throw shooter. But it was, and it's very frankly, like Darius didn't take any. Um, this was really Allen and 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 Sexton getting to the free throw line and generating nine, basically just a bunch of free points for the Cavs, and that that was a big, big, big difference on a night where neither offense was overall particularly good. Um, and the Cavs actually got outscored in the paint by six, which is that usually a sign that they're going to struggle. But for them to get that many free throws and take advantage of that, and Colin in particular, really rack up the free throws in the first half, it, w- it was a big advantage for them. No, it really was a huge advantage for the Cavs, and um, it's something you've always been preaching for a while. Sexton needs to attune his aggressiveness so he can draw contact and get to the free throw line more often, and that's something he's really done and added to his game. And yeah, he did deserve some MVP considerations because of it. He also led the team in minutes tonight, which is surprising because usually that's Isaac Okoro who gets those honors. But a quiet night for young Okoro, but he had a okay night at times, but it's okay. When, when he it. and Jared Allen defended that one pick and roll in the fourth and it just clamped it down, yep. lost my lost my mind a little bit. Yeah, no, we, 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 Chris and I also have a few texts every single game. Like, Okoro is so good because he has like these just defensive plays that don't get recorded on the box score. You're like, mm, yeah, this kid's, this kid's good. The Cavs made the right pick. But yeah, no, the potential between Okoro and Allen is good. But speaking of defense, um, my stat of the night is just the block shots. The Cavs had a 12 blocks, and I think they averaged like 4.3 blocks per game coming into this matchup. So obviously, this was a bit of an anomaly, but. Um, just a little refreshing as well. Like Andre Drummond puts up gaudy rebounding numbers. A lot of it's because he misses his own shots and tries to tip them back in um, or tries to reestablish himself as a shooter. But no, Jared Allen, like I said, provided real rim protection. Torian Prince was really impressive as a rim protector. He had two blocks. But JaVale McGee didn't do a lot, but he did ruin the life of one Jaden McDaniels on a few possessions. And that was just kind of fun. Um, JaVale McGee just continues to make the most of every time he's out there on the floor for Cleveland. And I'm more and more surprised. Like you texted me saying, I'm surprised. I'm as in Chris. This is a surprise. No one signed Damian Dotson other than the Cavs. And he's been a good addition for Cleveland. But I'm more surprised and people aren't blowing up the Cavs phones that need a quality center for depth. Because JaVale McGee's only making $4.2 million, And he would fit so nicely on so many contenders. Like Brooklyn, I know you have an injury exception. So... That's an option, but there's probably a few other teams as well that are interested in JaVale as well because he really does make the most playing for a bad team, and I wonder what it would be like um, playing for like a title contender with like true spacing around him at all times and actual minutes all the time. I mean, he's just kind of found his niche, and no, just like I said, the Cavs had a block party today, and it was COVID-compliant, but it was a great time overall. <laughs> Uh, also, just a real note, must, it's very telling. I just want to say this as a very minor note. Interesting that Lamar Stevens is ahead, seemingly ahead of Dean Wade at, at the at the at the backup four spot because he was basically playing the four on offense, um, and, and Dean Wade is just like yeah. chilling. That's, well, that's, that's what JB said going into the game. I don't know if that's an indictment on Dean Wade or maybe is Dean Wade was was he with the team tonight? 
Yeah. Did you see him? Okay, I just didn't know if he was maybe like. I think so. For the G League. Bubble, this is not but... something we should spend a lot of time on. I don't. Yeah. We don't need to. We don't need to have no. the minutia of the the Mar Stevens Dean Wade rotation. But JB did say Prince Osmond, and he named he Lamar did, Stevens did, by name pregame that they would be getting minutes at the four because Larry was unavailable tonight, and obviously Kevin Love is working his way back, so he won't see a lot of Lamar Stevens when those two are healthy. Won't see a lot of Jetty, maybe a lot of some Prince at the four, but. Eh, it's it is what it is. It was nice for Lamar Stevens to get his moment for a little bit, like I said. Yeah, and you can go check and the the rest of the Kent Charger in the in Florida training camp to getting uh, they're doing like they're showing like some vlogs where like they're getting daily COVID tests and stuff. That that's all up and running now down uh in 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 the great state of Florida. But Evan, uh, you know what? If people wanna get interested in other ways to bet, maybe the Super Bowl this weekend, I think they should check out our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline mm-hmm. um, is the one sports book we trust. It's the one place that has you covered on everything. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today, get a free account at BetOnline.ag, and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. The Super Bowl is this weekend. There's a ton of great prop bets you can bet on. NBA, NFL, college sports when it's, when it's college basketball or, or college football season. Um, you can bet on hockey. You can bet on anything you want. Um, and you don't want to be sitting on the sideline, so get in on the action with BetOnline. Use that promo code LOCKDOWN to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Also want to tell you about Locked On Today. We here at Locked On Cavs are covering everything you need to know about the Cleveland Cavaliers, but what about the rest of sports now? The Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Lockdown Today, wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, Evan, uh, let's dive into some other stuff here. We, we're going to cover some micro offensive issues for the Cavs, kind of some of the smaller reasons uh, why they're struggling right now. We're going to cover some of the bigger picture issues and kind of how they can build moving forward um, later in the week. Um, we're going to talk about you know the the Clippers the Clippers game later on in the segment. Where do you, where do you want to start here? Well, let's start with the small stuff. Um, Chris, what are some? Th- this is something I feel we should both discuss. The Cavs aren't really properly utilizing Dylan, rookie Dil- for Dylan Windler at all. And it's a little disheartening. Um, he only played five minutes tonight. I was like going over the box score before we started recording, and I said, oh, Dylan Windler played five minutes tonight against the Timberwolves, and I don't remember him really being out on the floor. He finished 0-1 from the floor with one three-point attempt, one assist, one rebound for minus six and plus minus, and wasn't obviously earth-shattering because I don't remember him, but I feel like the Cavs could do a better job trying to feature him, especially because we've heard for the longest time, like, this is a player that the organization really, really likes and views as a key and integral piece going forward. Yeah, and he looked good coming back from injury. And I, I, yeah, I think if I had to guess, and I we didn't do post game, so maybe I'll ask GB about this uh, next time. I'm, you know, we're we're in a scrum or something. 
I would guess that one of the reasons that he is not he's he's got a short leash is that he's made some kind of kind of tough defensive mistakes of late, and I think that's where JB still putting a lot of his energy. Um, you watch this game; he's missed some rotations where he's leaving a shooter open in the corner, or he's getting back cut. It's happened three, four games in a row now, and if I had to guess, that's probably at the root of it. But I'm in, I'm in agreement with you that I think if you're looking at trying to help the Cavs juice some things. When they're playing makes sense because he is one of your actual guys who can shoot the basketball, um, at least in theory. And he's looked more comfortable with it since coming back from that that hand fracture that he suffered on, on the first night. And, and before that, he looked very jumpy, looked very out of sorts in a lot of ways um, in, in preseason and early in that game. So I think, and I also just think that he's a guy that even if it's secondary action, even if it's not like something you're going to do more than two, three times a game, you need easy ways to generate three-point looks. Um, you've, they've done it. They've done it at times where, like, they had Jared Allen, um, him come him come around from the wing, and Jared Allen like screens his guy at the top of the key, and Winler pops and he shoots a three. Just do little stuff like that, or have him come around a pin down, or do something to get him open three point looks because you need more of those. And I understand. I, I I don't think it's necessarily in JB's wheelhouse to force that kind of stuff. I don't. It doesn't feel like that to me. Because um, even in this game, I thought like the the offense was still very spread pick and roll secondary action that kind of gets created off of that versus like running anything particularly complex or, or particularly weaving like I don't think they're relying on very integral intricate sets I don't think that's what the Cavs offensive identity is and I, I get that considering you have young guards and everything but if you want to add a little bit of layer to this like let's say add a little bit of cayenne to the to the vanilla you have here like add a little spice run some screens for women like cinnamon and nutmeg work better with the case of vanilla you want to kind of keep like baking components here i don't know if you i mean cut. i'm just uh, what you need some you need some heat you need Folks, some heat, Evan. Is, if you're a first-time viewer this is when i make chris manning's brain flatline with his analogies because i just kind of questioned that i didn't fly. did i did i think this through very much absolutely not that's that's no. not what i did here but i think if you have him like just run come off some pin downs and like just be available to shoot like like it is not on him to just stand there and expect to get the ball. You need to actually kind of funnel it his way based on what yep. we've seen so far. And I, I think he should play too. No, I agree. I think the pin downs are a huge thing. I think just it's something you asked JB about pregame. It was a really good question. He gave a really good response on the fact that the Cavs just really aren't taking a ton of threes, and they took a couple more than they did the night before. They took twenty three tonight. They took fourteen last night against Minnesota. So it's, and they didn't. It's, they didn't airball any in round two, and they airballed two on Sunday. And at a point in that game, they had more airballs than made three pointers. It was quite a moment. And Jeff Nomino stole my tweet. Continue. Jeff Nom Nom shot first, but either way. The pin downs is a good point because that's a good way to get Windler involved, especially a young player who isn't actively looking for the ball, like you said. Like you have a perfect example of it. Garland, they ran a pin down play for Darius Garland early in the first quarter, or second quarter, I believe, against Minnesota on Sunday, and it led to a foul and three free throw attempts. Like either way, like you're going to get points out of this because you had they respect the fact that Dylan Windler is a shooter, I would hope. They were they definitely respect the fact that Darius Garland is a shooter. Um, as we learned, maybe the Wolves were a lot higher on Garland, too, so they had a little extra insight on him, too, heading into the draft compared to Jarrett Culver. But either way, um, getting the Cavs to be a more three-point-oriented team and not play this archaic style of basketball where you're forcing force-feeding onto Drummond into post-up situations is not the way to go about things. And sure, the Cleveland didn't shoot a ton of threes tonight against Minnesota, but their offense looked more like a modern NBA offense out there because they weren't trying to force-feed their big men. They had Jared Allen involved in the action where he was a pick-and-roll 
recipient from Darius Garland or Colin Sexton, and they but they also had the ball moving on a string. There's players that were getting spacing opportunities. It just like looked like a competent Cavs offense at times, where like they were really juicing and killing the Wolves at points. And that's just like my biggest beef is like a micro thing is like the Cavs need to start gravitating away. And I understand why they're doing it. Like let's just be honest they're trying to get Andre Drummond as many looks as possible so they can boost his trade value and hopefully try and flip him at the deadline to a team that well is and interested and I think it's trying to like it just seems like you're trying to placate him it, yeah and when keep he, him happy because he's yeah. not happy clearly I won't say it haven't heard anything this isn't source but I wouldn't think Andre's very happy that the Cavs traded for a player at his position that they now view as the successor to him as the he's he's center. not been exactly the same guy since they got Allen I think that's pretty no. clear watching the tape yeah, that's clear, and we can be body language doctors all we want some other time, but no, that's just like, it, the Cavs offense is a little archaic, it's a little vanilla right now, um, J.B. Bickerstaff's a little rigid with some of his rotations, but I think trying to maximize the potential of your young players is a good thing, and I don't think we're asking for a lot to say, like, hey, maybe play through the young guards that you've spent so much time cultivating and drafting and spending all this time on, and maybe work with Windler, too, especially if you hear nothing but the world about Dylan Windler. Let's let's actually see it. Let's let's let you set him up for success instead of kind of just letting him drift through the game and maybe make contributions every now and then. Yeah the the other the other thing um, with this that I would say is I think even if you wanted to play Damian Dotson a little bit and give him like to just shoot threes and like do some stuff, he's a guy that Damian's going to be a little more aggressive than Dylan. Dylan's going to like move the ball and then like reset yeah. and then like. Go, Damien's going to be like, maybe to a fault sometimes, going to be like, okay, it's Damien Dotson time. I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to drive the lane. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe you need some of that because Kevin Porter Jr. is now a Houston Rocket, and that was something, that, that was a dynamic to the offense that I thought he provided last year um, that you kind of got to figure that out. And look, Kevin Love coming back will help a lot of this. And Yes. But I, I do think, I think if there's a critique of JB, I think one of the things you could really hit him on is, He's got to play. He's got to just kind of trust. Like the the defense is always going to regress, and there's nothing that can stop that. Windler can hold his own on that, and even if he's making some mistakes, and I think you need the three point shooting. Um, Evan, we'll talk about some more micro issues, perhaps centered around post ups after this break mm-hmm. before we talk about the Clippers game. But um, we have some other sponsors. Why don't you tell them about? It? Well, let me tell you about one of our sponsors in Rock Auto. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. East beats West in Locked On NBA Tuesdays. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors, and David Ramil, host of Locked On Heat, tackle the big NBA stories of the day coast to coast. Subscribe to Locked On NBA Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, probably wherever you find Locked On Cavs. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Evan, let's dive into a little more minutia. I, I just think this game versus Sunday um, tells you that the Cavs need to stop putting so many dang post-ups for Andre Drummond. Yeah, no, that's – it's especially on Monday, it's evidently clear, like – and it's like I was just talking about, not playing through your big men, and I understand why they're doing it. They're trying to keep Drummond engaged, but post-ups aren't the way to do it, and this has just been kind of been a, a, a point in most people's craws, especially with Detroit fans, of like what was wrong with Andre Drummond is he doesn't want to be a pick-and-roll big man. He doesn't want to be uh, not as heavily involved in the offense. He doesn't want to be just a rebounder and defender who gets occasional looks as either lob passes or pick-and-roll situations. And, Chris, we talked about this. Um, he might be more of that with a contending team, but with a team like Cleveland where he clearly views himself as the best player and he's also in a contract year, he's going to try and maximize the opportunity as much as he can. And that's just been kind of counterintuitive and a hindrance to the development of these young players. And then you look at Allen where he comes in, it's like a breath of fresh air. Even when Allen was coming out the bench, Andre would have a few frustrating possessions and then JV would kind of put sit him down and put Allen in. There's a noticeable difference offensively on how Cav- the Cavs were flowing because the ball moves a little bit more because you're not slowing down the offense to a crawl and because you have the post-up drum. And that's the other thing. The Cavs move a lot more faster and a lot more freely when they're playing with John- with J- Jared Allen versus Andre Drummond because Allen, again, doesn't need the ball that often to be a contributor on both sides of the ball. He usually is going to get the ball in most possessions if he's a dump down, especially if like the offense falls apart. And it will, especially with young guard running the show. But... Um, no, I'm just a, I'm, I was a big fan of Jared Allen before this. I became a bigger fan of this after he came to Cleveland and after watching this game and just kind of watching a lot of his footage while he's with the Cavs and just like breaking down his film, like it's a clear, clear thing that why Kobe Altman views Jared as the franchise center of the future, but also that the Cavs need to find a way to get him into the starting lineup sooner instead of later, because I feel like it's a disservice to him to have him play. 10, 15, sometimes 20 minutes a night behind Andre Drummond, who isn't fully engaged at this point either. It's tricky. It's a tough thing for JB to navigate. I don't envy it. I would I would do it poorly. The other thing, Evan, that I think will help would, uh, there's a certain NBA champion who just got engaged, who um, can shoot three-pointers. I was going to make Delhi is Delhi is happily married eating avocado toast. <laughs> give it, give him that white guy thumbs up with every picture. Got a, got a beer in his hand after winning the title. Yeah. Just just iconic stuff from Delhi. Forever a legend. But Kevin Love is going to be back. Maybe this week. Maybe the beginning of next. Um, he said on road trip in. Um, his answer on Kevin Porter Jr. that I'd recommend go tracking it down and listening to it um, was very, very good. But he basically just alluded to the fact that he's coming back soon. I, I think next weekend, early next week. That's the time frame you're looking at getting Kevin Love back, and Kevin Love's going to help. Um, he's going to explain. He's going to expand the, pay, the He's going to expand the playbook for, that the Cavs can run. He's going to loosen things up. Um, he's going to love playing next to Jared Allen. He's going to run those infamous Chris Manning favorite drag sets. It. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying that like him playing next to Jared Allen in terms of a defensive like cover for him is just going to be like the best cover he's had in, in a long time. Mm. Um, like, Allen's going to help him quite a bit. He's going to help the Cavs as a rebounder. He's going to help them kickstart fast breaks, I think, in yeah. terms of the court vision. Um, hey, I, I Drummond's he, trying to do that, man. He's been no, throwing a couple of those four court, yeah, but full court loves, passes. Lo- loves vision's at another level in that. And like, Loves if you've is got, an art form. 
Jarman's is an imitation. It's like a not for those who play Animal Crossing when you get art from Red and you don't inspect it. That's if you don't inspect it and you get a fake, that's a drum and full court pass. But if you get an authentic piece that you donate to Blathers, that is a Kevin Love full court pass. Chris gets it because he's played like 700 hours of Animal Crossing at this point. Look, pandemic is tough, tough times for everyone. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, you know, I I think you get Kevin back. He's going to take a lot of threes. Like he led the team in three pointers last year. I would not be very, I would not be surprised at all if you come back if he comes back and can stay healthy, which is the big if here. Um, I, I think he's can come back and do that again and, and shoot them pretty well and, and add a different dynamic. Like even though Kevin's not necessarily gonna like attack attack guys in ISO, it's not what he does. He has a little bit of like can handle the ball, move a little bit, um, create some mismatches, catch some bad defenses on their heels. There's stuff Kevin can do that will be really helpful in that regard. Um, yeah. These are all the minutia fixes. I don't think the Cavs have like a top ten offense in them, but um, if they're gonna be a competitive team that competes for the bottom of the Eastern Conference, competes to be a play-in tournament team, and Kevin himself on the on road trip and said that he thinks they can be uh, fight for that. He think he he's kind of gunning for that. It sounds like, uh, and I think the Cavs are too. I don't think they've really shied away from that. I, I yeah. think they need to like make the offense not be absolutely crummy. No, Colin Sexton shared with me in my interview with him for Forbes that he views the Cavs as a playoff team still, and he really likes the pieces that they add, especially Jared and Torian. But um, no, Kevin being engaged and locked in as well is a huge thing. Like he's mentally checked out over the last two years a lot because either it's because of injuries, disillusioned, or the just state of the rebuild he was disillusioned with things, or the coaching situation he was. Twenty eighteen sounds like it was bad for everyone. Is is the vibe yeah. that I've I've come to learn? Yeah, it really was, but. Um, shout out to Larry Drew, who I hope finds his love of basketball. Boy, again so someday. the Cavs really followed up firing Ty eight games into the season by bringing in Larry Drew, not being able to sign him to a contract where he was the voice the of voice. the team, but before a game, which was one of the most awkward press conferences I've ever been at in my life. And then the next year, they hired John Beeline, and then John Beeline had to resign. And then the pandemic yeah. happened. Just a weird time all around <laughs> with the Cavs coaching carousel that seemed to slow down with J.B. Bickerstaff. But no, adding Kevin Love back is a huge thing, and you pointed this out to me as well, and it's just something that's stuck in my craw. Uh, starting Torian Prince is a little bit of a taste of adding a more traditional, modern situation at the four. Torian is traditionally a three, but he has the size to play the four, but he actually is a legitimate and more reliable shooter than Larry Nance because Larry Nance has a little bit of a timidness when it comes to shooting. With a sprained wrist like he has now, he's going to be even more timid to shoot the ball. And Torian doesn't have any wrist issues, and he's okay with sitting on the perimeter and drifting out there for some passes. It's We've seen it plenty of times. Like He's been a pe- recipient of Sexton passes where Sexton's he's shared and made a concerted effort to make sure that he gets Torian and Jarrett involved, and he wants to learn their spots right away, so he starts texting him right away about that. But um, No, adding Kevin is going to be a huge wrinkle, especially the fact that he's locked in and engaged with his Cavs team. Um, this is going to be not the 30th ranked offense, which seems to be everybody's like biggest red flag. It's like, oh, the Cavs are the worst offense in the league. But you have to really think about the fact is the Cavs are also hurt for the majority of the season so far, and they're finally getting healthy again. Knock on wood, it stays that way. But it's, yeah, I'm excited to see where the Cavs go. When Kevin Love comes back, there's going to be a little bit of awkwardness and cluckiness at first, just getting him reintegrated into the lineup. But after that, I think it's going to be a good time. For, for what it's worth, the Cavs are 21st in the league over the last two weeks in offense, according to Clean in the Glass. So, um, 21st, in de- 
21st in defense over that period as well, so there's definitely some regression coming. They're much worse in terms of their net rating over the last two weeks than they are over the course of the season, um, and we'll see how that ultimately bears out. But that, that at least offensively, that's a positive sign. All right, Evan, let's mm-hmm. get out of here on this tomorrow. Um, as, as we alluded to before, will be the big Andre Drummond trade market extravaganza. Nick uh, from Lockdown Mavs and Sean from Lockdown Raptors will be on respect in different segments to talk about why they, their teams could trade for Dre, and then Evan and I will talk about why the Cavs yep. are actually trading Dre, if you're a little confused about why they, they actually might be doing that. Um, so check out that tomorrow. But Cavs-Clippers is Wednesday. Um, big game, obviously. Clippers are very good. Just, Evan, give the listeners or the viewers one thing from that game you're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the Ty Lue tribute video. I hope Ty gets some respect put on his name. I know he got a shout-out because he was Doc's lead assistant last year when the Clippers were in town. That was actually on my birthday last year. Weird they always play the Clippers around my birthday. It just kind of works out that way. They ended their 26-game losing streak. They played the Clippers around my birthday. But either way, I'm excited to see Ty get some love. Um, I'm interested to see what Kawhi Leonard and Paul George do to the Sexland tandem. It's going to be an interesting night. Um I know Okoro looks up to Kawhi Leonard, so maybe he's a little starstruck. So it'll be a fun game overall. I don't expect to win, but maybe it'll be an upset. What about you? I just want to see how Okoro uh, defends those guys and how the Cavs deploy yeah. that because it, it's going to be tough. Um, I, I think the the starting five of the Clippers is going to kind of create some challenging defensive situations for the Cavs. It's it's where the lack of size on the at the guard spots is going to hurt you a little bit. Um, yeah. And I want to see, and I want to see what JB comes up with there, and I want to see how they deploy Okoro. Um, Mm-hmm. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. That game, that game again, Wednesday, 7 p.m. in Cleveland. And then the Cavs. The Cavs have a real ringer. They have. They go from facing the Wolves, who are arguably the worst team in the league, to playing the the Clippers, who are title contenders on on Wednesday. The Bucks on Friday and Saturday, and then they go to both Phoenix, also a title contender, and also a title contender. The and they have Giannis, and they have Drew Holiday, who's going to hound one of the guards, um, and. Chris Middleton will hound the other one. And then on Monday, they uh, they have a – or Dante DiVincenzo will hound one of them. He's also a good defender. And then Monday, they, they face the Suns, who have Chris Paul yeah, and Devin Booker. And then they have the Blazers coming up after that, and I think they play the Nuggets at one point as well. This is going to be a very rough – That said, I do really want to watch Isaac Okoro chase around Damian Lillard for 40 minutes. That that Sign me up for that. That sounds like a yeah. good time. No, sign me up for that. But, yeah, no, we'll definitely be looking into that next week. We'll probably be talking about it on WKYC at some point as well. But it's been a fun time as always. Uh, if you are checking us out for the first time on WKYC, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're really happy to have you. But you can find us anywhere you can get your podcast five days a week, every weekday. We're about 30 35 to 40 minutes uh we usually recap the games most of the time but we talk about whatever's going on if there's ever breaking news we do that right away as well and cover it but you can find chris and i at few the sword most of the time you can find me at forbes you can also find chris at the ineligible man downfield newsletter please subscribe to that wherever you can thank you to all of our sponsors and actually chris i have one note for one last sponsor as we get out of here yeah go ahead this episode of locked on Cavs is brought to you by 1010 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting, limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. So check them out, check us out wherever you find our podcasts, and as always, go Cavs! Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.